welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast. By Penn State fans, for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Nittany Blues Podcast. We are here to recap Penn State's 30-13 to victory over Illinois. Now, Vince, uh, you know, I want to start out here by saying that in a lot of ways, this kind of felt like a return to the norm for Penn State because (laughs) Penn State went on the road, scored 30 points in Drew Auer's first road start of his career, and everybody's mad. So if that's not Penn State football, then I don't know what is. So there's a lot to there was a lot to unpack with this game. I mean, you I got to give you props, man. You said this was going to be a bumpier road than maybe a lot of other people did. And it certainly was. I mean, this this was a roller coaster. So uh, what were some of your biggest takeaways from this game? Like, what are some things you saw? Yeah, my biggest uh, takeaway from the the games were um, especially early on, I, I felt like the the defense is not there yet and mm-hmm. they they need to get there in a big way yes um you know especially you know the defensive line um so that was a, that was a big takeaway for me i felt like uh, illinois almost really made a tactical mistake by not running the ball more they seemed to be doing enough to get first downs keep the chains moving and then um just too much passing from the illinois offense led to turnovers and you know, you got to give props to the, you know, the defense, even though like it wasn't going their way, uh, they were finding ways to create turnovers. And that was the the big difference in the game. And because honestly, yep. if you look at the yards at the end of the game, you got Penn State 383, Illinois 354 yards. Um, yep. You know, a lot of it was, you know, with their backup quarterback. Uh, but, you know, still it's twos versus twos. At that point, um, you know, with the exception of the quarterback position, um, all in all, at the end of the day, 62 rush yards isn't bad, but it didn't feel that way. And then as Illinois got behind, they they started to pass the ball more. So um, defense, it just was like, okay, they're getting down the field. And then, hey, they missed the field goal. That worked out for us. That could have been very different. And then, um, you know, Illinois, if they're a more disciplined team, like I expect in Iowa to be, and Michigan, they're going to take care of the football. And yep. so I think they're going to like that just, you know, without turnovers, we're in bad shape today without those turnovers. So that was kind of one thing. Uh, offensively, uh, not a great performance. I was really talking up the offensive line. I thought they would be running all over the place today. 164 yards is below what I predicted, while not a, a terrible uh, performance. But you have a team like Kansas who put up to 272 i think so um you know i was hoping we'd be better there uh very sloppy game as a whole seven penalties illinois had six uh that's got to get cleaned up because again that shit is not gonna fly versus ohio state uh michigan and, and you know even iowa um you know i mean even in the whiteout atmosphere you know you still need to really be disciplined um but overall, I thought Drew was almost one of the better kind of highlights of the day that receivers didn't help him out all the time. Uh, there was that one catch in the end zone that should have been caught by Katron Allen, like Aller, like he was covered very well, but Aller put it in a spot that only he could get it. Um, so that forced forced us to settle for three. And um, I think a really big struggle was the defense was giving us really short fields and we weren't playing complimentary football and just finishing our drives and getting it into the end zone and settling for field goals. And while I think that was like the right coaching call by coach Franklin to just take the points when you're the you know superior team, um, you know, I know it left a lot of people unhappy with 30, but you know, it would have been nice uh, had Penn state really taking over the game when Illinois committed those turnovers and, and put themselves in a better position, you know, especially, you know, they could have made themselves look really good today and, and they just uh, didn't do it. And it's disappointing, but there were some bright spots today. I thought the tight ends looked pretty good. Uh, you know, Tyler Warren had a lot of catches. 
David Johnson had a couple nice ones. Um, so, you know, there were, you know, Condre Lambert had a couple good ones. So there was, there were some bright spots of the day. Um, you know, Drew Aller being one of them. I think the only big mistake I, I saw was him missing Keandre Lambert uh, when he was one wide open on that one play. So it, it was, it was almost an okay day. Like everything was kind of hard to come by today. Nothing came easy, but at the end of the day, uh, kept the streak live, zero turnovers. And, and that was the difference. And that's still winning football. Now, is it going to get us to a big Ten championship? Absolutely not. They got to do better. They got to look at the film. Um, I think this was a really good time for them to have a wake up call in their season, honestly. And I think this will be a positive turning point uh, for the team going forward. Well said, I agree with a lot of what you just said, um, especially starting with the defense. Like I have two words, tackle drills, like yes, a this, lot of missed tackles. The, yeah, especially early on. And you know, this, this defense needs to become more physical and they need to do it in a hurry because yeah. you know we're talking all the time about like, can we get over the hump of Ohio state and Michigan? Like Michigan is the most physical team that Penn state is going to face. Like the defense that was in place here today and the way that they were missing all these tackles and just straight up getting run over at times, like Michigan is going to eat that up and they're going to protect the football. Like Penn state cannot rely on all those turnovers uh, like they did today. And I mean, granted, credit to Penn State for being in position to uh, get those interceptions and uh, pick I mean, up those fumbles. And when they came. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like that's that's definitely not not nothing, you know, but like this run defense, you know, we've been saying it now for a couple of weeks, like it's still a thing. Um, it needs to get cleaned up and it needs to do so in a hurry because it's like, not only is that not going to fly against Michigan, that's not going to fly against, against Iowa. Like Iowa ran all over, um, Western Kentucky or, uh, who or sent Western Michigan. I think they played, but regardless, like they were not a pass heavy offense today. They were a run heavy offense and that's, you know, traditionally what they've always been. So, you know, Penn state's got to fix that in a hurry. And I think that the whiteout atmosphere is going to help them do that, but that'll only take them so far. Like at some point you just got to man up and you got to like make those tackles, man, because, you know, there were, there were so many times where it just seemed like it took two, three, four guys to like bring down a ball carrier for Illinois. Um, so that's, that's one thing, um, you know, but obviously like those turnovers were the major difference in this game. So credit to the cornerbacks uh, for just being on fire today, because I thought they were, they were the best group on the field, um, like collectively. Uh, just being in position to snag all those all those turnovers, including Daquan Hardy, who was playing in his first game of the season after being out of the first two with injuries. Nice so see him back. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, he I mean, just seemed like he didn't miss a beat. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, on offense. I mean, it, it was just it just nothing could get into a rhythm like at, it just seemed like there was one thing that was just out of sync at times. It just lent itself to just no flow being created because. The offensive line had had some good plays. They had some bad plays. Um, so there was like instances of that. Drew, you know, for the most part, I thought was he did okay today. You know, I would kind of put this as like more of like a B minus performance for him. He didn't turn the ball over. Um, he had some really mm -hmm. awesome throws at times. Like that one that he threw to Liam near the end of the first half. Like that's one of the better throws I think Money. I've seen a Penn State quarterback make in recent memory. But he also had some misses. Like he missed Theo in the end zone. Um, I think that he was uh, maybe getting a little bit of like happy feet at times uh, because of the times that he was getting pressure put on him to maybe for, uh, force things a little bit. Um, like he kind of threw behind Caden on one that was a little um, uncharacteristic for him. So he was he was, you know, he wasn't his like perfect self from the past like two games, but that was to be expected. Right. Like this was his first road start. But in a way, I kind of think that this is going to be a good thing for him to learn from because, you know, he like not it what like it was, it didn't come easy this time. You know, he was having to like escape pressure, which I mean, Illinois to their credit on defense, they came out firing on defense to start out this game. Like they were just stacking the defensive line, just trying to create as much pressure as possible on those early downs, force Penn state into those third and medium third and long situations where they just like, weren't able to really find anything because they just couldn't get into a rhythm. But you know, for Drew, I thought this was kind of like a 
like this might be a little dumb, but it's kind of like a coming of age thing, you know, in college football as a quarterback. It's like, you know, in a game that's like really sloppy for your offense and stuff, you're going to have to do stuff that you haven't been asked to do before. And, you know, one thing that I really like to see was that he wasn't afraid to kind of tuck it and run a little bit. You know, he truly saw nothing else in front of him. So he's like, all right, let me go try to like get some yards. And he did. You know, he's a he was a big dude. He looked like it was tough to pull him down. So yep. that was uh, so that was honestly, I, I kind of like that because I'm like, all right, man, like, yeah, you're you, you know, you got the big arm. But yeah, go get go get some yards, too. Um, But, you know, all the all that is to say, like and also, I mean, obviously the receivers didn't um, do him any favors at times. I mean, those two drops uh, like the first uh, pass attempts to Malik McLean in the first and second half. Like those two drops were just brutal. And I don't know if you noticed this, but the after drive, the second, first, first one. Well, yeah, it did. And for in a large, in a large way, it killed the first drive in the second half too. Um, I don't know if you noticed it too, mm-hmm. but after that first drop in the second half, they yanked him and put in Caden Saunders. I'm pretty sure for the rest of the game, but <laughs> You know, so hopefully that's just like an off game for him. Um, he's shown to like do some good things this season so far. But, um, you know, so even if it was, you know, kind of, uh, you know, not a everything is coming so easy to me game for Drew, he still didn't turn the ball over. And that's the most important thing here. Like that was the biggest difference. Um, Luke Altmeyer was a turnover machine and Drew wasn't. So that's uh, those are my major points here. Um, speaking of the Illinois defense, though. Dude, Trezon Newton is an absolute freak. Like that guy is amazing at football. Like Penn State had no answer for him. He was all over every single ball carrier. He like yeah. he looked like he was <laughs> LeBron James on that field goal block, man. He just like leaped up there and just one just big paw, just bam. Like didn't even look like it affected him, dude. He was he was up there blocking that thing and uh I think he made himself some money today because uh, apparently there were a lot of NFL scouts in the in the crowd today. So they're going to be licking their chops when it comes to Johnny Newton there, as they were calling him. Yeah, um, looked really good. Um, another point I, I'd like to make about Drew Aller that I think is really important is just the situational awareness that he had uh, when something's not going your way. Uh, young court quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks, are going to try and force the ball and try to be a hero and, and make, make the plays. But, you know, he just took what the defense gave him, uh, made good choices, always had his eyes down the field and, you know, didn't turn the ball over. So I think that was really huge. And I think is a testament to, you know, his maturity, um, you know, early on in his career. And uh, he didn't put the defense in bad positions. Illinois had to really earn all of the points they got with a long field. And that's, that's a tough thing to do against this Penn State defense. While they're not great at, you know, stopping the run at times, uh, you give them a long field and, you know, sometimes they, you know, a lot of the times they hold opponents to a field goal or they're able to force a turnover, you know, from the air. So overall, really good performance. I think he did a good thing to position the Nittany Lions to play winning football, which I think is really important. Yep. Yeah, I think that's well said. Uh, Here's a question for you. Um, Early on in the fourth quarter, James Franklin made the decision because Penn State was up 23 at the time to pull Drew Aller and put in Bo for what was the remainder of the game. Um, You know, at that point, it was kind of, you know, in that gray area of like the game is in hand. You're likely, you know, not going to really be facing much um, like challenge and winning the game from that point forward. But, you know, one thing that we had talked about in our group chat was, you know, do we still want Drew out there to maybe try and develop a little bit more of a rhythm considering that nothing was kind of flowing uh, up until that point offensively? I mean, especially in the in the second half there, like their first three drives or something was three and out. So I was kind of of the opinion that I wanted Drew out there for like one more series to see if we, we could like string together a couple first downs, like not even necessarily score, just like start to kind of look more like himself from the past two weeks. Um, so I could see the argument for both sides, but what were your thoughts? Like, would you have liked to see just a touch more drew or did you think it was uh, really just time to give the reins over to Bo? Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think coach Franklin pulled him at the right time. Um, no use in getting him injured in a, in a game that's already won. That's 
that's one thing that's really going to F up your season. If you're Penn state getting Duraller, a, a season and an injury or, or seriously hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, He's done well in practice. He's done well the first games. He has, he has nothing to prove. He's Penn State's QB one. Um, mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing. the The risk is uh, so much higher than the reward, and you you see this in the in the NFL too. And uh, with the quarterbacks not playing in the preseason, um, sometimes they're a little slow. You saw Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and you know Jalen Hurts have a little bit of a a slow start in the passing game, but a few weeks down the road, you know, they'll be fine. And I think Penn State's going to be fine especially with how good he did look in week one and week two so i think he'll be fine as the the season moves along um keeping him healthy is the most important thing especially uh when he had a little bit of a scare in the first half when he threw the football and then as he was falling through he smacked the the one illinois player's helmet it was new um, yeah yeah it was newton and um so you know I've seen that, you know, quarterbacks have had that injury and then have been out several weeks. And mm-hmm. especially with that too, just to not put, you know, his throwing hand in any more positions to get messed up worse. I, I think it, it was good to get him off the field when he can. I was actually kind of surprised they didn't pull Ola Fashanu uh, when Bo was in. I, that surprised me a little bit. I would have liked to get him out of there, especially since he's a guy coming off of, uh, season ending, uh, you know, surgery last year and give him, you know, fresh legs for, for Iowa. Um, you know, I'm definitely a big believer, you know, in, in having fresh bodies. And if you have depth, uh, use it, especially when you're playing a team like Illinois, where you've got the game in hand and get those players less snaps because throughout the course of a, of a football season, you get beat up. And, you know, when you're playing a, a team to the level of Ohio state or Michigan, you got to be emote, you know, physically, mentally, and emotionally up for that. Like n- not one of those areas, uh, you know, can falter to, to win a football game like that. So I think they should, they should take advantage of their depth, get guys rest when they can. That way, when, you know, it matters most, um, they're, they're available and, and they're ready to go at a hundred percent, uh, of, you know, their capability physically, mentally, and emotionally. So I think that is like a benefit of the college football season, uh, as opposed to like the NFL where all the teams are good. They're all pro athletes. They're all at such a high level. So I, I think, you know, Penn state really needs to take advantage of depth and uh, you know, get their guys rest because it is a really long season. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, one thing about the QBs that I, I want to say, you know, just kind of pat myself on the back a little bit. I feel extremely vindicated in my take from last episode where I said that we don't need to run a two quarterback system to do these <laughs> yeah, like trick pots. plays good exactly like that's exactly <laughs> what i said it's like if you're gonna do this thing where a player who's not the quarterback the primary quarterback is going to throw the ball maybe for like a touchdown have a skill player do it i listed off a bunch of names and what happens in this game trey potts throws a <laughs> touchdown pass to tyler warren so there was that and also you know one thing i want to just point out is that when Bo came in. And he was, you know, running and using his legs and stuff. And he's working against a defense that's not Delaware. What happened? Illinois stacked the box again because they saw that Bo was so run first. And he wasn't just running circles around them like he was with the Blue Hens. So, it, you know, mm-hmm. not that like Bo's not a, not a great runner. I mean, he is. But it took, it took Illinois all of like four plays to figure out like oh like we just got to stack the box again he's not going to throw the passes and even when he was presented with the opportunities to throw the passes they weren't exactly great so I I feel vindicated in my take there because it's like (laughs) like those those passes that he was throwing like especially the one to the that um the the one uh to the to the running back as he's kind of um sprinting off to the off to the side like that's one that drew made like three or four times throughout the entire game and Bo like just floated it over trey so i'm like you know and granted he didn't like have any opportunity to get into a rhythm too to in all fairness but like my point still was like your you know if your whole argument to like have both of them out there was because Bo was such a danger with his legs like you know was he that much more dangerous in this game uh, against that that offense than say uh, Keandre Lambert Smith, Dante Cephas, Nick Singleton, like my, my answer was no, but so I'll, 
I'll get off of that. I just wanted to point that out because I was like, this is exactly what I was talking about last time. So, <laughs> and uh, what what about the? I I do want to point like give kudos to uh, Tyler Warren. What what like a, a toe drag and way to get the the feet down because the throw is not the best. It looked like it was a little out, and I was kind of worried about his feet. But uh, Tyler no. Warren did a really nice job keeping his feet in. So oh yeah, I was impressed he- with that. He's he's become like a just do it everything, do everything tight end for Penn State. He he mm-hmm. looks really, really good. Like he's super involved in the run game. Uh he, you know, completes his assignments really well. Um you could tell like that that dude is like bulked up too. Like he he looks like a like a legit tight end now. Like he he was a little yeah. you know, thin a couple of years ago, like when we were doing that uh, you know, like that tight end wildcat package. Like he looked like mm-hmm. kind of like a slightly like larger receiver. He looks like a tight end now, man. So he yeah. looked, he I mean, looked I think, really good. I think I think he's always looked strong. And like last year, I thought he was more of a blocking tight end. But just seeing how involved he is in in the passing game now, um, it's just he's he's the you know the full package now. Yeah, he's got everything. One hundred percent. Yeah, I almost view him and Theo at this point in the season as kind of like you know tight end one a and tight end one B like you could go to either one of those guys and feel confident. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, it's, I think that's great to have good tight ends, especially when, you know, the biggest strength of your team is Nick Singleton and Katron Allen having bigger bodies to block. I think, I think is always beneficial. Yep. Uh, so defensive line, um, this I think is still kind of like a big question mark for Penn state because, you know, as the game went along and as you know, the offensive line for, Illinois started to, I guess, maybe tire out. Um, the pressure was getting more to the quarterback. We started to see some more QB hits, um, a couple sacks along the way. Uh, just, you know, some exotic blitzes from the linebackers and stuff like that. Um, but I don't think that we've truly seen what we've expected so far from the defensive line in terms of like just consistently getting to the quarterback and creating that kind of chaos because. I mean, it's not like he was working with like a completely clean pocket, but Luke was getting out a lot of passes uh, for Illinois. Now, granted, not a lot of them were good because four of them <laughs> got intercepted. But um, like, would you say that you're like, m- like slightly concerned or normally concerned or very concerned or not at all concerned about the defensive line uh, kind of going into now what is going like we're what is it now a fourth of the way through the season. So, um, like where would you kind of assess them? Um, in terms of assessment, uh, I would say I'm moderately concerned. Uh, am I concerned to the point that we're going to lose to like, you know, Iowa and Rutgers, Indiana, Northwestern, not really super concerned. I, I think even if they don't have their best game, Penn state can still win, uh, Mm -hmm. especially with all the playmakers they have on offense. But if, if I when I see that and I'm, I start thinking about Ohio State and Michigan, uh, it, it becomes a level of high concern. And, uh, you know, especially with a team like Michigan that just likes to run the ball down your throat, they'll have a field day uh, if, if we play like we did in that, like first series against Illinois. Michigan is going to have a field day and they're just going to run the ball down our throat. And it doesn't matter, you know, that we have a stripe out and that our fans are loud. Uh, all they got to do is snap, snap the ball and hand it off to you know Donovan Edwards, and he's gonna have have a lot of fun. Yep. Um, so they, we got to get better, and uh, you know I think coach is gonna you know work with the guys and work on doing that. And uh, you know it is tough because I our, some of our guys aren't naturally like the biggest guys compared to like some of the run stuffing uh, defensive tackles builds that you normally see. Uh, they're a little undersized, um, like Hakeem Beeman. He's not you know, quite as big, but, uh, you know, still, still a good player, just good at different things. Uh, so I, and then Ohio state, you know, Trevion Henderson's good runner. They have a good offensive line. Um, you know, great weapons are on the perimeter. Um, so if, 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 even if our, uh, corners and, you know, back seven do a great job stopping Marvin, Marvin Harrison jr. Uh, if we can't stop the run it doesn't really matter. So, um, yeah, high levels of concern when I, I start thinking about Ohio state and Michigan. Yeah. I think it kind of falls into 
the conversation where we're like, there's certain parts of this defense that needs to get better in a hurry. Like that's one of them. Um, you know, and I, I, I don't think it's like limited to just them either. I think that the linebackers have looked, you know, pretty good for the most part. Abdul Carter was just an absolute monster today. He was all over the field. So that was really cool. Um, Curtis Jacobs also looked really, really good. Um, the, uh, I'll tell you what though, man, at the safety position, um, has me missing Jaquan Brisker and Jair Brown a little bit, man, <laughs> because though, like you, you just don't see like the ball skills, uh, right now just yet. And especially not like the tackling abilities that you saw from either one of those guys, because it killed my soul to watch Keaton Ellis <laughs> and Zachy Wheatley get run over in succession going into the end zone like that. I mean, it's like, I get it. You're kind of squared up against the guy, but oh my God, <laughs> that, that was painful to watch. So again, I go back to my, my previous point of tackle drills, man. Like you've got, you've got like, what is it? Five, five days of practice here. Like, let's get this right. Yeah. And I, I do think it it is a little bit more difficult just because the way football is now, uh, players aren't hitting as much at practice and that's how you get better through those repetitions. But you know, with, you know, all the concern over, uh, you know, head injuries and player health, um, you know, they're not tackling as much and, you know, that's probably the right thing to do, but on, on game day, you're, you're going to see more missed tackles. So, you know, it's, it's tough to, you know, get in practice, but I, I do, I, I am optimistic that as the, the season gets along, goes along, they'll, they'll take better angles and, uh, you know, clean up some of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of cleaning stuff up, um, really kind of seems like Penn state has, uh, found their guy at the kicking spot with Alex Falcons, because outside of that 50 plus yarder that was blocked because it had to be low because of the distance and Newton is just a freak athlete. Um, he was also field goal unit should be able to hold the other guys also the kick. Also that (laughs) yes, 100%. Um, the guy was money today, um, which was great. And especially in the early going when some of these drives were stalling, and they had to settle for these field goals. I mean, that one from 40 plus, I mean, that was, that was an important one. So, um, you know, whether it's fair or not, I think that the conversation of who is the kicker, the place kicker now, um, has kind of been settled, but in a way it's kind of comforting because now we can kind of put it to rest a little bit. Yeah, I think so too. And after that West Virginia game, I was pretty much ready to put it to rest too. Like I, I saw him, uh, you know, kicking, he, uh, he's, he's an older guy, veteran knows how to handle the pressure looked, you know, really efficient right down the middle. So I, I liked everything, you know, I saw from him even in, in that first week and, you know, th- it just kind of emphasized how I felt. And, uh, mm-hmm. really, uh, we are very lucky that we had Al- Alex Falcons being money. And we were also lucky that the offense did not turn the football over. Otherwise this could yep. have potentially been a kind of Duke Clemson situation where, okay, we can get in trouble and we can get in trouble and like, it's going to snowball really fast and it's going to get bad. But, you know, fortunately in those areas, turnovers and, you know, special teams, they, they were able to take care of business. Uh, and then, you know, as well as the defense, you know, forcing all the turnovers they did today. Um, if you, if I made a communion prediction, like five turnovers on for Illinois, like, be like, I don't actually think that's going to happen. Like, yeah, I, know. I did today, and that was like pretty awesome to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on the flip side of that, stuff that really wasn't awesome to see was unsportsmanlike penalties. Oh. Um, dude, <sighs> they those were killer. Um, the one against Devon Ellie's, I mean, it, you know, as it was kind of uh, said on the TV broadcast, kind of seemed like. He didn't really do anything. It looks like he just said something, and that's why they threw the flag. But man, that one on Keandre had me fuming because it's like, I get it. You're emotional and stuff like that. But it's like, you should not, like, especially after you saw what may or may not have been like kind of a questionable or soft unsportsmanlike penalty against Devon earlier in the game, you should not be treading anywhere near the territory of like questionable conduct on the field because all it becomes at that point is a drive killer. And that's exactly what it was because they got the 15 yards one or two plays later, drew nearly breaks his hand on a pass attempt. And then you get a field goal blocked. And that was a huge momentum shifter because Penn state was set to put up 20 points at that point in the drive. Um, So 
I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really have any like point to say with this. I mean, it was just like super frustrating and like, you know, I, that's like the kind of stuff that like it, it worked out fine against Illinois, but you like you can't you can't make these kinds of mental mistakes against Ohio State and Michigan and expect to have the same result. Yeah. And that, that shit like really pisses me off. Like, especially as an athlete, like if I have a teammate that's like not keeping their cool and like, let's say it's like basketball cause I play basketball and you know, you're mouthing off to the officials or another player and you get a technical foul, you're giving the other team free throws and, and they're getting free points and, or like, Oh, if you're like happy, you made a play and you're getting like in the other dude's face, like you don't need to do that. Celebrate with your teammates. Like, it's just selfish behavior that hurts the entire team because you couldn't like man up and control your emotions. Like, uh, you know, you got to do things the right way. And, you know, you know, sportsmanship is part of that and it can be, you know, a killer. And we've seen teams lose games because of that. And, you know, like you talked about resulting in, in points, like, you know, they got to man up and be disciplined. Football is a game of discipline. Uh, if you don't turn the football over and, you, I think like PJ Fleck actually talked about this, like being like the three key things to being successful. Like there's like turnovers, uh, penalties, and then like big, uh, you know, explosive plays, you know, that typically happen when somebody's not filling their lane, tackling lane or, you know, blowing a coverage. Those are the three things. And I think he said you win 82% of the games. If you win those three stats, like, Football is a game of discipline. Uh, they got to be better. Seven penalties, you're not going to beat Ohio State. You're not going to beat Michigan. Uh, if, if this team wants to be special like we think it can be, and I think they have the potential to, they got to get this shit cleaned up. They got to look at themselves in the mirror and you know really lock down and, and choose to be uh, the most disciplined football team in the Big Ten if they want to bring a big home Big Ten championship back to Happy Valley. Yep. Well said. So, you know, speaking of, you know, being a championship level team, kind of the feeling that I had from this and, you know, football is like a weird sport in that obviously you're not always going to have like your best day. You're not always going to look like a team of superstars and everything's not always going to click the way that you want it to. And that was the case for Penn State today, but it was also the case for a bunch of other teams. I mean, um, Georgia only put up 24 against South Carolina, Florida State narrowly escaped an upset against Boston college. So like Penn state is not the only team where this happens to. And I think like Boston college, I don't know if it was like an NCAA record or like ACC record or something, but they had 18 penalties. Wow. And still almost beat Florida state. That's insane. That is wild. Yeah. (laughs) But so it just, so it just goes to show you that like, you know, every team is like they're going to have weird games and they're not always going to look like, you know, the mm-hmm. world beaters that they do in certain weeks. But the feeling that I had kind of after this game is that they right now they are a good team, but they're not quite a great team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they have the opportunity very quickly to become a great team. If they show that they're able to kind of correct some of these mistakes and some of these uh, kind of, um, you know, blind spots, if you will, in their, in their game over the next couple of weeks, because I mean, like, look at, look at who we have coming to town is, you know, Iowa, who has been a thorn in Penn State's side at times and are very physical in their own right. Like this is the perfect chance to show that you're able to kind of correct these things on the fly in the middle of a football season and kind of elevate yourself and your team um, to greater heights, like to the point, like where people are, talking about you taking down big, bad Ohio state and Michigan. Um, but I just don't think that they're, they're there quite yet. I think they just have to fix like one or two things and then they're in that conversation. Do you think that's fair or would you already put them in the great category? Um, I think it all comes down to discipline really for me um, in terms of talent. I think they're a great team. Uh, but when they play like they did today, uh, they're a good team. And I think, you know, for me looking at this game, like, yeah, we're very frustrated about the unsportsmanlike conduct calls. We're, you know, frustrated about not being, you know, dominant on the defensive line. Um, you know, the passing game, not clicking today. Like it's, it's all super frustrating, but at the end of the day, I view this game as a good time to have a learning experience 
And, you know, I think Penn State's going to learn from it. And I, I think they're going to get better. Like, I think they'll man up and control their emotions better and not get unsportsmanlike con- conduct penalties. I, I think they'll be better mm-hmm. at that. I think they'll look at this and be like, hey, guys, we, we can't do this anymore. Like, we need to, you know, make a choice to be a disciplined, disciplined football team. And I think they'll do that. Uh, yep. You know, it's a learning experience. Uh, so I think I think it'll get taken care of. And, you know, we're not in like the worst position. Like, look at Alabama. They they only yeah. won 17 to three at South Florida. Iowa was down 10 to seven against Western Michigan in the second half until they you know decided to take over. And it took Ohio State a little bit to get rolling at home against Western Kentucky. So I, I think that. You know, uh, you know, Tennessee lost on the road to Florida. There's a lot of uh, different examples where teams haven't taken care of the job. And the fact that, you know, we did have the discipline to take care of the football. I think that's great. You know, special teams is pretty good with the exception of the block field goal. So I think we're things are all right like this. Like, I know a lot of people are doom and gloom and everything. Um, Yeah, we're very frustrated about these things because, you know, we're, we're Penn State fans. We want Big Ten championships. We want to be in the college football playoff. And, you know, with high standards comes high pressure. But for me, uh, you know, the sky isn't falling. You know, Texas, Wyoming, they're tied right now at the end of the third quarter, 10-10. Yeah. Like, yeah, the sky, the sky isn't falling. You know, they're not going to be suit. I mean, I hope the players are, are pumped up every week, but Illinois is not the, you know, the most you know, feared opponent on the schedule. You know, I mean, there. I would see. I would hope they'd be pumped up after those players that were there for the nine overtime game. I would be really yeah. pumped up and you know ready to be out there and be dominant. But um, at the at the end of the day, um, we are in a a good place for where we are at, at this point in the season. So I one hundred percent agree. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And you know. It, there's plenty of examples of this in past years too. Cause I mean, what, what was it last season? Um, they had, you know, just kind of a very business like game against, uh, what was it? Ball state or something like that. And then you had upsets all over the place and Penn state wasn't one of them. Um, mm-hmm. so I think, I think that that's like a perfect example and you know, for, for what it's worth, I think this, and you know, you've already alluded to this. I'm honestly kind of glad that this, test like this gut check happened before next week you know because if a team was going to be physical with you and you know you didn't already kind of know how to respond like not only on like a like a personal level but like on a team level much better for this to happen in a game against Illinois where Illinois is just basically begging the Penn State defense to take the ball away from them as opposed (laughs) to Iowa who is likely also going to be very physical. I mean, their defense is top notch. They're going to be watching this film and kind of saying, okay, like if we put like some early pressure, like clog up those running lanes and stuff like that, force Aller to make those split second um, decisions. And maybe we get one or two of those drops that Illinois was uh, the beneficiary of from Penn State wide receivers. Maybe we can also capitalize on this kind of stuff. So the fact that this already happened now and Franklin, our Yursich and everybody else is able to kind of say, okay, like this happened, like, what can we take from this? Because we're likely, this isn't going to be the last time that we face something like this. So I'm happy about it from that respect. Um, and so, yeah, just, uh, it's just like one of the, it, like we're, we're always due for at least one of these games every season. It seems like, you know, like a game, like where it's just like a total slop fest, but then Penn state still covers the spread on the road. Like, yeah, it's, and, it's like an- thing. and another thing, uh, you know, we talked about this beforehand is uh, Penn State continues their FBS, you know, streak, you know, the 30 best points. FBS of having 30 points. And this is yep. also with the new rules where, you know, both teams are getting like five less plays a game. So that's less opportunities to score. So, yep. uh, you know, everyone's like doom and gloom. And it's like, OK, we have the FBS record for most consecutive games with 30 points or more. So, like, you know, we... Again, like we it's part of being a sports fan and a passionate sports fan is we want our team to be like dominant. And but even sometimes, you know, you look at I mean, look, look at look at Auburn. They would like beat some nobody like 66 to nothing. And then we beat them in the whiteout. Like, yep. 
it, that's the thing the the talent is here. Just got to clean up some mistakes. I'm, I'm not super worried with the exception of Ohio state and Michigan. I, I think we need to you know get better to get to their level. But um, outside of those two programs, I, I do like where that, where the program's heading uh, a good culture in the building. I think the guys are going to be more disciplined, clean this stuff up. And uh, you know, I think it'll be, be a, still be a really good season for Penn state. Well said. Um, all right. So do you got anything else or do you want to award some players of the game? Yeah, I guess I got like one more funny thing to, uh, you know, talk about uh, Gus Johnson. Doesn't he just like make you laugh all the time? And oh, he's yeah, he's the best. I mean, he was it was like kind of a strange, like up and down performance for him, too, because I was expecting like a couple of more like isms, maybe like an like a exclamation or two at like certain things yeah. like like especially like the 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 pass from Potts to Warren for the touchdown. He just called that like it was just like a normal like bootleg, <laughs> you know, out to the tight end or something like that. Like that was crazy what happened. And he was just kind of like, eh, and he makes the catch. Is that a touchdown? Yes, it is. And I'm like, come <laughs> on, Gus. Like, I know you got more than that. And then he he and he and Joel had a couple mentions of dudes in the game, which I appreciated. I like Joel was like, don't don't get me wrong. Penn State's got some dudes on that on that side, but you know, like this guy for Illinois, he's also a dude. And I'm like, I'm having, I'm having some flashbacks to the 2016 big 10 championship game. That's like one of the all time yeah. great lines in Penn state broadcasting history is like, they got some yeah. dudes on that side. Dudes. Yeah. Hey, maybe that's a, maybe that's a, you know, precursor for things to happen. That would be great. But my favorite thing was like in the first quarter, like Joe Clatt was like trying to like discuss about how like chop Robinson was like a really good football player. And like explaining why he's good, and just like Gus Johnson interrupts him, he's like, punch him. <laughs> like, oh my like god, really loud. <laughs> I don't that know. I must have missed that. I must have missed that. If that was early on in the game, I was too busy screaming at my TV, so maybe I missed it. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. And then I also like that, like, that he was tra- talking about Drew Aller. He's like, Drew Aller's playing has been, and he had like a five second pause, and he's like, solid. And I was like, that's like the best word you could come up with. <laughs> nice, yeah. Like with that big long pause, I was yeah. expecting something more. And right. like every single third down, like he was like, "All right, they're gonna bring an exotic blitz." Like every single time, like it's like, well, sometimes they're gonna be you know drop guys into coverage. Like, like, oh, like every third it's, down, it's exotic. A, it's an every, exotic drop back out of pressure. <laughs> every every third down is gonna be exotic. Yeah, so I, Does, I doesn't that matter, man. A, I thought that was a lot of fun watching the broadcast. And I'm like, man, like I wish I could have like a job like that and just be like, just say things like whatever. Like, yeah, a lot of fun, fun to watch though. It was, Oh, did you see, uh, did you see that? Oh, another thing I thought was crazy. was like Missouri having that, uh, dude, that was insane. I didn't see it, but I saw that it was a last second kick of 61 yards. And I was, I was like, that's yeah. like Jake Elliott uh, on Thursday night yeah. football against the Vikings. And the last time that happened, our birds won a Super Bowl. So I'm hoping, I'm just saying, <laughs> putting that out there into the universe. That yeah. Positive vibe, 61 yards. That's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but like to see that at the college level, you know, for a program like Missouri to beat number 15 K state, like, Oh, that's huge. That was a huge one for their program. I watched the replay of that and that, that kid freaking booted it. Like <laughs> he, I, he kicked it from the logo and, I mean, it, it looked good, you know, for most of it, like it, you know, it's like one of those things where the distance just kind of skews your perspective of it, like as it's in the air, because it'll look like it's going to hook right for a while, but then it like kind of comes back in because of like the perspective of the camera in relation to like the kicker and the field goal post. So it, you know, it, it was like one of those deals, but man, like, yeah, what a, what an awesome way to like not i mean i i feel bad because i know that you know some some k-state fans so i'm sure they're feeling a little bit down after that yeah. one but holy hell what a kick yeah what a kick uh that's you you don't see 60 yard field goals at the you know the college no. level so no you certainly really impressive yeah really impressive so players of the game yeah uh players of the game do you, do you want to go first this time since i got the first two <laughs> sure sounds good sounds good so um I am awarding the bird brawler award to the entire cornerback group. 
<laughs> I can't I can't pick out one guy because and you know early on I thought that my pick was going to be Daquan Hardy because he like came back from injury in his first game he mm-hmm. looked really good as that slot corner um really looks like he's going to be a reliable guy for the rest of the season you know as long as knock on wood he can stay healthy um but all the rest of the cornerbacks also came out to play man like uh Johnny Dixon looked good that return that he had on his interception was was honestly hilarious cuz he, he just like couldn't stay on his feet and he was doing everything in his power to return that ball as per, <laughs> as far as he could but man credit to him um yeah so i mean the uh those those cornerbacks man they were just on fire today um i think that this game looks very different without them and i can't pick just one of them uh, for the award. So I'm going to be a little unorthodox with this and give the bird brawler <laughs> player of the game award to the cornerbacks of Penn state. So I think that's fair. I, I think you can maybe say like the cornerbacks, but if you have to pick a tiebreaker, you, you pick Daquan Hardy. I think that's very yeah. fair. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's kind of like where I, where I'd land. Cause it's like, he wasn't like, I mean, let me look at the stat sheet here. Yeah. Cause I mean, he, he had um like one total, one total uh, tackle, one total interception and stuff. But I mean, like coming out in your first game from injury and like making that kind of impact is like no small deal. And it's like, you know, the other players who had the interceptions, Johnny Dixon, like we mentioned, Cam Miller, young cornerback as well. And Abdul Carter, who again, you know, just proves like why he's such a monster. So yeah, I would say yeah. the, the tiebreaker goes to, goes to Daquan. Nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, there are a lot of guys I thought about. I thought about the corners, of course. Um, you know, thinking about Abdul Carter with, with the big game, uh, you know, thinking about Tyler Warren, uh, you know, doing big things offensively in both the blocking and, and receiving game. I thought those, you know, a lot of great things. Uh, but for me, I'm also going to do something a little bit unorthodox with my Fidali fighter, uh, with my Fidali fighter. I don't like to, list the same guy like more than once. I try to avoid that, but you know, this player is, is special and made the probably in my opinion, the biggest play of the game. And that goes to, you know, number zero, Dominic DeLuca second week in a row for me. Um, you know, you had, you know, a bonehead move, uh, you know, you know, we gave up a lot on that first drive of the game got lucky Illinois missed that field goal. And then, you know, we go three now, give the ball back to Illinois and, you know, they're kind of coming up the field. We get a tackle for loss. Things are going our way. Bonehead unsportsmanlike, unsportsmanlike penalty on, on Devon Ellis. And what does Dominic DeLuca do? He forces a fumble. Kobe King recovers it. So he can maybe, maybe my like one B for the, Dally fighter. Yeah. But it's a guy who, you know, it's a guy. Bat- yeah, it's a guy. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and now here's a guy. Oh, yeah. Man, right. Chris Collinsworth. That's bad. Yep. <laughs> anyway. You never uh, want to go full Collinsworth. Never go. F- I only went part Collinsworth there. But <laughs> anyway, like things are going wrong and they, they could have went wrong real quick. And Penn State could have had the pressure on them today. However, Really disciplined guy, big time play. I, I don't even think he's the starter because the starters are Jacobs, Carter, and King, right? Correct. Those are three starters. So he's not At even least right a starter. Now. Yep. He's not even a starter. He comes in. The team needs some discipline. He's that disciplined guy. Made a big play, forced the fumble. Kobe King did an awesome job taking advantage and recovering it. And you know that stopped things from getting out of hand. So for me, that's why he gets the Fidali fighter you know, disciplined, uh, you know, tough player. And he's, he's the guy who will do whatever it takes for the team to win. And I, I, that's the, that's the shit I love to see. I love seeing guys like him do stuff like that. So that's yeah. why he earns my Fidali fighter award. Cool. Yeah. Well-deserved two weeks. First, I think he's the first guy to get it two times in a season. He's definitely the first guy to get it two weeks in a row. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, not only making plays like as a linebacker, but also, um, continuing to do his thing on special teams. So he's, he's truly like a do it all kind of guy for Penn state. Um, big reason why he was voted as a captain, um, obviously well-respected by his teammates. And, uh, he shows you time and time again, why he's kind of earned that respect. So 
Yeah, well-deserved. And um, on the note of the linebackers too, one thing I forgot to mention was, um, you know, in addition to, uh, you know, Falcons kind of seemingly being slotted into that starting kicker role, kind of seems like Penn State has found their guy at middle linebacker, at least for now, in uh, Kobe King. Because uh, I think he's gotten the start at middle linebacker over Tyler Elsden a couple of times here. Um, so I wonder, you know, if that's the starting trio that they're going to be moving forward with uh, for, you know, kind of at least the foreseeable future. Um, so only time will tell. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think he's the better player. Um, I think he's done. right now. He is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think he's done what he needs to do to win that starting job. So I agree. It's probably his to lose. Yep. Anything else uh, before you want to get out of here? No, man. Just uh, pumped that it's finally whiteout week. Uh, you and I are going to be tailgating together for the first time this season. So can't wait for that. Day-long tailgate. Nothing better. Plenty of communion and uh, fireball to go around. There's there's just so much to look forward to uh, with this game. So we're going to have so much to talk about in our next episode. So uh, we'll probably have that out here in the next couple. Uh, two to three days we're gonna you know try to get ahead of uh the week like once penn state and iowa's uh point spread is announced so uh be on the lookout for that but in the meantime you could check out our website at nittanyblues.com you can listen to all of our previous episodes there um you can learn more about us and the show and our background uh you can also check out our merch at shop.nittanyblues.com we've got some awesome designs there that uh, we're pretty excited about that we're pretty proud about and right now uh through the end of September we're running a campaign where you can get 10% off your entire order when you use the code 23season10 that is 23season10 and you'll get 10% off your entire order. So definitely take advantage of that. Go check out some of our designs at shop.nittanyblues.com. You can check us out at in all forms of social media at Nittany Blues or Nittany Blues Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So go and follow us there. That's where we announce all of our new episodes and stuff like that. But other than that, Vince, tell the folks how they can help us out here. Yeah. If you enjoyed the pod, please leave a five-star review so that other Nittany Lion fans like you can find us. Interested in new episodes, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or other streaming platforms to be notified. Thank you for listening, and we want to remind you that we are the Nittany Blues Podcast. See you next time.